When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 475 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and my keys are right in front of my laptop. There, now you all know I drive a minivan. Okay. To my right, Stephen Kyle Brackey. Good morning to you in a bright green UVA shirt. That is sharp. Yeah. (laughs) Best dressed uh, today. That's a UVA shirt? Yeah. You can't really see the orange Virginia logo. Hmm. It's okay. really there. It's really there. Yeah. I guess this, this is Steve Garland's hunting shirt. I don't know. I don't know. They sent us a bunch of gear. I really like this shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get one, so thanks, Steve. Uh, ben Askren. <laughs> ben Askren. Um, I guess straight out of the woods. How many? How many uh, oak trees you you take out yesterday or this morning? Yesterday. Yesterday I didn't do that that many. Um, I kind of hung out after the family after I got a few guys and then. Uh, we did some stuff, you know, I got, I got my kids, my, my son, my two year old has this little baby gator and he loves collecting sticks in it. It's like the funniest thing ever, except he doesn't know how to steer. So wherever he's going, he's going, whether it's a renaissance or, or sometimes he gets a wheel turn and he goes in circles over and over and over <laughs> again. It's hilarious. That, that sounds very cute. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it's fine. Wait, hold on. I, yeah. Christian, I took your advice. I started watching Tiger King. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> I'm not far into it. It's only like you know, I got say 30 minutes into it. Um, you know what threw me for a loop was that he was gay, because he doesn't come off that way at all. And then all of a sudden, this dude's like, "This is my husband." And you're like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> okay, hey, man, cool. It gets that <laughs> angle gets a little more interesting as you continue to watch. So uh, whatever you know. Well, but, it's a. Well, I don't even want to spoil it for you. Uh, but when you get okay, caught don't, up, don't spoil it. when you get caught up, that we'll just consider that a tease. Um, it gets. I just finished the third episode, so I, I think tonight and tomorrow I'm really I'm gonna finish this yeah. thing. Yesterday was crazy. <laughs> I I didn't get. We weren't able to start watching. We let the kids stay up a little later, which we basically never do. So and then I got tired at like ten o'clock. But we're gonna get. We're gonna plow through this thing by the next FRL. I commit to you to being done with the Tiger King, and then what is uh? What's Katie think of wow. it? Wow, Katie's. Katie likes it. Katie thinks it's ridiculous. Um, she's um, she she she's kind of sick, so a little low energy. She needs to gotcha. get she needs to get a little more into it. Um, I'll be I'll just like look over. I'm like, can you believe this is happening? And she's just kind of like, yeah, that's yeah, wild. <laughs> so yeah, good, good job, Ben. Good job, Ben. Watching Tiger King. I feel like Winniewood, Oklahoma, is like the Manitowoc County of of uh, of Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma's the Manitowoc County of Oklahoma. Have you been to that place? <laughs> Oklahoma's great. Although Tulsa did break us a couple of years ago. Yeah. There was nothing left. What, but the, the NCAAs or the Big 12s? No, uh, it was Big 12s. We got uh, – oh. it was a whole thing. Um, there's a whole FRL bit <laughs> about it. But basically, in a nutshell, Bracky and I had a room, and we came back from Big 12s, and they had moved us out of our room for no reason at all. And then we had no – they took our stuff out of our room, and then we had no room to stay in that night. Basically, is the long and short of it. Yeah. They, and they literally said to us, sleep? And "They said sleep? to us, we had to go to another hotel." And that's a whole other saga. But they they said <laughs> we thought you guys went to jail because we went, we left in the morning, we worked at Big Twelves, and they're like we thought y'all were in jail or something. Multiple, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, that's it all started. Christian, you got. <laughs> it, it all started because. We w- we checked into our first room, mm-hmm. and the bed was up against the, the window. The window. And the window, when we go into our room, the window is just out, like, falling onto the bed. And so we went and told them this, and they're like, okay, we'll just get you a new room. And so they moved us rooms, but then they only had that room available for one night. So then we left to go to the tournament, and they go in, and they're like, oh, this room, these people should have checked out by now. Like, So they gather up all our stuff, oh move it goodness. downstairs, and, yeah, we didn't have a room. Yeah. So, Christian, this is, you know, I've only done stuff with Flo one time. I went to Iowa City. I was planning on going to other places with you guys this spring. They, they give you a budget. And, you know, I said, hey, can I stay here? Yeah, no problem. That's under under the budget that we allow for the night. You know, it was a re- – you were actually in the same hotel. It was a yeah. reasonable hotel. Yeah. Was it the best thing ever? Wasn't the worst. But how, so how come you have these stories of staying in these incredibly dumpy places? I don't get it. <laughs> well, this is a different era. I don't know. We just kind of – I don't know. I just book cheap hotels, bottom line. That's what I do. <laughs> and – um yeah, it just happens. Like it was near the. It's like venue proximity is important, and like you know, oh, quality in. I mean, I expected quality. It was a quality in and suites. It just was <laughs> low. It was not quality. It was very low quality. And um, those are low quality. Yeah, just you know, you know what my cons- my conspiracy theory here, Christian, and I know that? Kyle's gonna tell us some later today is that. <laughs> CP purposely books the shittiest hotel on purpose, so you guys got stories to tell when you come back to FRL. It does make good content. I mean, some of our best <laughs> bits have been born out of this. We had the the biker gang in Akron. We have this this oh, bit. We had the murder hotel. Murder in, hotel. Murder hotel in Cleveland was all time. Like literally, you googled oh. the hotel we stayed at, and the top Google search is like <laughs> that a murder happened on the 14th floor or something. Oh my god. Yeah. No, it makes wow. good content. It builds character, and um. I, I won't apologize for any of the hotels we stay at. <laughs> one time on uh, Final X, we don't. I'm not sure we really talked about this one. Um, remember, we Columbus. went to the one in Columbus, and the power was just out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no power. The whole place, no power. This was the Varsity Inn. Anyone in Ohio State probably knows this place because it's really close to campus. It's really inexpensive. It's not nice. Um, yeah, we stayed there. <laughs> Joe Kenya, he just left. He's like, I'm out of here, and he just went because he was like. Joe Kenyon was in graduate school or he was in college taking classes. He's like, I need internet. I need to be able to work. So he just went and stayed someplace nice. He's like, forget this. <laughs> we hung out at a Panera till, till power is restored. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Okay. Speaking of power restored, they're going to vote on eligibility potentially getting restored for winter NCAA athletes on Monday, evidently. 
I'm already I'm coaches are telling me this is a done deal and it's not happening. They've already decided it, so I don't know what the vote is. But this was a, um, a reporter for Stadium, a basketball reporter said that this was going to happen. So I don't know. But what I'm surprised to learn is how many coaches, NCAA coaches, are saying, "I don't want this to happen. I don't want these guys to get another year. It's going to make things harder for me, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And and their yeah. their perspective, it, it's so disappointing. And and you know I. I don't know where every each and every coach stands on this, but it's all self-interest. They're worried about their guys getting poached. They're worried that that you know the power teams just be able to pluck NCAA qualifiers. They're worried about the um, the the little things. They're but they're not considering. Really, but right, really, Christian? Yes, I think that's that that's really that's the impetus behind their push. Well, I don't know why. I don't know every exact reason why they don't want to do it. I mean, they they've got guys coming in. Maybe they had a bad team and they're ready to get them out of the lineup. They don't want to deal with them again. Uh, I mean, I don't think this is the Iowa perspective. I doubt this is the Penn State perspective. I bet the power programs want the yeah. eligibility years back, but the, uh, other teams maybe not so much. And I think I think that's uh, that's shameful. And I think it's that's uh, really them being more self-interested and, and forgetting the fact that 330 guys had an opportunity taken from them that they trained the whole year for. Say what you want. I don't care if you wrestled 99% of the season. If you don't get to do the thing that it's all leading up to, the final yeah. uh, crescendo, then you didn't really get to do the, the thing. You didn't really get your season. And to say, you know what, forget that, forget their dreams, forget the fact that they want to do this, that they train their life to do this, Forget the fact that if you're an athlete, if you're a wrestler, you're, the majority of your life is going to be spent not wrestling. The majority of your life, you are not going to be a wrestler. And you have a short yeah. window to make your legacy, right? Ben Askren was done wrestling basically in 2008, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And so for guys, you know, you think about someone like Brock Zacherl. Never got to be an All-American. This was going to be his year. Taylor Lujan, the one seed, never got to place. You think about some guys like Chinzo Mark Hall and Spencer Lee, who could enter the echelon of, of all-time legends. Spencer could become um, just the fifth four-time NCAA champion of all time. And so the, the legacies and, and the, the dreams, they, they vary from just, just I finally get to wrestle in the national tournament to maybe I finally get to be an All-American to I don't get to reach – the highest, highest possible levels of American wrestling lore because of this thing. And the NCAA has an opportunity to get it right. And it's going to be hard to get it right when so many coaches are like, no, let's move on. I don't want to deal with the scholarship allotment and the aid. And and one thing I suggested that there have been saying, I make it sound like I suggested this to someone, but um, that would make sense to me is that the NCAA athletes that let's say you want to come back. Let's say I am Brock Zacherl or I am Taylor Lujan and I want to come back. And I understand the fact that maybe my scholarship's not there for me if I want to do this one more semester. And that's a consideration. I just think they should have the right to be able to pursue that dream. If they want to incur the sacrifice of maybe they have to pay for their school or maybe they don't have quite the aid they would have had or, or something like that, I think – at least give them that option. Don't just say wholesale, no, you're not going to get to do this. And I, I, I don't understand why 
They won't just make one exception for the absolute most exceptional thing we've ever encountered, right? Through no fault of their own, and uh, these athletes didn't get the chance to do it. And the logistical headaches it may create, I I don't think, I think are not enough for me to say that takes precedent over these 330 athletes' dreams. And maybe that's like a bleeding heart perspective, but... Yeah. I don't understand why I can't imagine being a coach and telling my my wrestler whether they're a freshman or a senior. I mean, Sammy Sasso, he's not going to be a four-time All-American. He doesn't get to maybe be a freshman NCAA champ. What if what if these guys get hurt? I mean, it does I don't care. It's just the the seniors come up, but it has huge four-year-long impact for an entire generation of wrestlers as as they try to accumulate. Um, the meeting of, of their goals and dreams. So I don't understand a coach looking any of his athletes in the face and saying, I don't think you should get this year back. I don't think you should get four NCAA championships. I don't think you should get to wrestle in this field. I think that's that's garbage. Damn, that was one hell of a impassioned monologue, a monologue Christian. Yeah, well, I'm fired up. That's good. Yeah, I know. What, what I, do you I, think? I, I, you oh, with the man. coaches? I, um. Yeah, I have I have a multitude of perspectives. I think I think number one, it would be really interesting to see what percentage of seniors actually want to come back. Although to your point, right. it isn't just about the seniors because there's the juniors and the freshmen and the sophomores who are going to get, you know, not going to have the NCAA championships. Man, I really think the easiest thing is just to push this freaking NCAA tournament back to whatever the NCAA tournament gets pushed back to. We already have the damn brackets. Right? Yeah. I mean, is it going to be May? Is it going to be June? Is it going to be? I I don't know, but I'm sure all of the athletes would very willingly participate. We only have one tournament left for the whole season. It's not like we have anything else left. We're we're done. We are we are done. We have one thing left, and there's no spring sports, so it's not like there's going to be anything conflicting on ESPN or on the NCAA schedule that they don't exist. So I did. You know, I've been beating this drum, and you know, I don't know when the coronavirus thing is going to be over. But could we could we do it in a month? Could we do it in two months? I I sure don't see why not. That seems like the easy and mo- most feasible uh, decision that they can make. Now, that being said, obviously you're going to have scholarship mo- implications for probably not one year, but for two years, Christian, because say you're juniors, college coaches are recruiting two years out. And I know they're not allowed to promise scholarships, but what we all know, we all know how they're going to get down, right? And so they have they, right now have two years of scholarships promised. That are going to get backlogged because, hey, if, if I say, hey, Christian, you're coming in next year. I committed to giving you 70%. I got uh, Seth Gross. Well, Seth Gross doesn't want to come back. Someone else who wants to come back as a senior. Um, I can only give you 40, but I'll make it up to you. But I can't make it up to you because I have another, right? I have another log jam because the class behind you is coming in that junior class who I thought had one more year actually has two more years. Um, I mean, that's the that's the really, really huge issue to me. Um and then, you know, there is – there. Is, I get that they didn't get the NCAA championship, but they still did get 90 – what, 95% of the season? I mean, there is that portion. So I would lean towards, yes, let's give them an extra year. But I see I see the pushback for sure. I, I really do. And, and go ahead. Well, I to me, why not just have the – I mean, this is kind of worst-case scenario. I, don't, I wouldn't feel great about this, but have the athletes incur – they incur that if they want that extra year – then they're taking on some of that um, that pain, and they'll, yeah. they and it's up to them to determine if it's worth it to them or not. Right? No one would make Spencer or Sammy Sasso or Colin Moore come back or take that year after. You don't have to do it, 
well, if you wanted to do it, you could do it. And uh, there's there's a way to, for it to be done. I think that would be I think that would be the fair way to go about it. Not that there's anything fair in this. Not that fair should even yeah. be the word that's said. But to me, that's just that just makes sense. And you know, you got guys that had red shirts that that wrestled this year that could could have just you know yeah. Why would yeah. that red shirt not apply? You should be able to at least apply that red shirt. They're saying not that Spencer had two red shirts. Right, that he could have yeah, taken. Seriously. He didn't take any of them, and this year's just gone. It's cooked. Um, so I, man, I think it's a no-brainer to me. I I was stunned to hear that NCAA coaches don't want this for their guys. I wonder if their guys so know when, that. When, I mean, when you keep well. saying that, Christian, you know, you talked it more. I I probably communicated with I don't know two or three NCAA coaches this week, none of which I've talked to about this issue. Like when you're saying that, is this? You're hearing this secondhand. Is this you've literally talked to them? Um, you know, how is this information coming to you? Like, how some, sure are you of it? Some coaches I've talked to, some coach, some people, it's secondhand through coaches that do want it. They're saying, well, this sure. is the case that many are making, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And I, so I, I don't, you know what? I haven't talked to, I've talked to Coach Bonus Week a little bit. Uh, we were, you know, he was complaining about his teenage daughter that he's got his, his quarantine. And I was complaining about that. I got a four, seven and two year old in my quarantine, you know, and the, and the issues that come along with both of those challenges. We did not talk about the eligibility issue, but so for, I, I don't know his perspective, but for someone like him, who says Seth Gross says, bro, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, done. I'm not doing another season is, is someone like that is, are they inclined to say, well, shit, Seth's done. I'm, Johnny Sebastian's done. They don't want to come back. I don't want anyone else to get their seniors back. Is, is there an inclination of that also? Yeah, exactly. Self self interest. That's I'm sure that's well, happening. You know, yeah, and I don't know his perspective, but as a coach, I mean, obviously that's got to be something you're considering. Yeah, Tristan Marion wants to come back. He tweeted yesterday when we sent out the tweet about the NCAA voting. He said, "Please." Yeah. Nice. So. So that, yeah, and and again, that's just their own self-interest. That's their they're just thinking about their program at large, and I guess that's their responsibility and their job to do. But um, I don't think they're looking at it from they're looking at it from really tight. How does this help or hurt me? And then making a decision, not like what is the actual what I believe is the right thing to do. They may think the right thing to do is say sorry about your luck, move on. Life's hard, and that is true. Life is hard, and there will be worse things yeah. that happen to these guys than not get to wrestle at NCAA's. But, um, you know, I'm not trying to trivialize their their careers. I, I think it's. I still think it's really important. It's, uh, and I would love to see it happen. But it's. It looks bleak. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. It doesn't look like there's going to be any sort of eligibility hey. relief for the athletes. Hey, can I ask you guys this? Because I, I don't even I don't know the answer to this question. Of all the winter championships that the NCAA hosts, how many were done and how many had to be done? I actually have no idea. I'd be surprised if any were done. I don't know if any were done. I think they well, I mean, a pretty specific, uh, tight schedule. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is wrestling, we were six days away, right? Yep. We, we, uh, we were... Well, or we were five days away when they canceled it from the championship starting. So it's like if any of the ones had the championship either one or two weeks prior, you know, I don't know where, where wrestling falls on that schedule for their last. Obviously, basketball still had to go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where we fall on that on that spectrum. It says they canceled all winter championships. So, so I I don't think any of them got done. Yeah, that makes me think yeah. that none were done. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, you know, obviously, like the NA, NAI wrestling championships were done. JUCOs were done. So there were some national championships that were done. Um, I just didn't know if any other. Yeah, what, so winter, hockey, sports, you know, winter sports are men's basketball, women's basketball, men's ice hockey, women's ice hockey, rifle. Where's wrestling? That's it? Uh, oh, right. winter championships. Rifle? Winter championships. Oh, basketball, sw- swimming and diving. I Yeah, swimming and diving didn't happen, I know. Okay. Indoor track. Some, I think they were in the middle of indoor. They were like in the middle of it. I think. Yeah. They like stop it in the middle of the championship. Hockey didn't happen. Can you imagine the semi- didn't happen. Can you imagine the semis were set and they're like we're done here for wrestling? That's basically what happened yeah. with indoor championships. That'd have been even worse. We would have had some all Americans, but not all. Okay. Oh man. All right. Well, that stinks. Um, and also- would this apply to all divisions? I'm assuming. Because NCAA Division Two and Division Three, they like they were at their tournament and then it got canceled. Uh, I, would I guess assume. I don't know. I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. So that's that. Now we have some arguing to do. We've got the one twenty-five finals. We've got the one thirty-three semis and the one forty-one quarters uh, are tonight. Or right now, actually, not even tonight. Right Which now, one do you want to start right with? now. Let's start. Let's go in. Um, you know what? Let's start with forty-one and work our way down and finish with the Spencer Lee versus Anthony Robles battle royale. Okay. Um, so let's forty-one, the quarters. Uh, your number one seed, two thousand fifteen, Logan Steber of Ohio State versus number eight seed, two thousand eighteen, Bryce Meredith of Wyoming. Uh, I think we're all gonna go Logan here. It was eighty-six percent on Twitter. If it came down to eyebrows, Bryce, I got you. But it's <laughs> uh, Logan Steber's got this one. We'll just move yeah. on. Okay. Move uh, on. Then your, your <laughs> two seed, uh, 2012, Kellen Russell of Michigan versus your seven seed, 2019, Joey McKenna of Ohio State. Okay. A couple Blair guys that were really, really hard to score on. This is a close match because <laughs> yes. jo- Joey McKenna uh, kind of almost beat Yanni last year. He was right there. Yeah. I mean, the, Joey McKenna is one of the guys that will go down as a pretty underrated NCAA career, I think. We'll look back. Yanni, Yanni's going to be probably be a four-time champ. That's my prediction. And a total legend, right? And then Joey McKenna is just going to be like – and they are so close. They are so dang yeah. close, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think the what separated Kellen is – that kind of indefinable quality of knowing how to win really, really tough matches. Not that McKenna couldn't and didn't do that sometimes, but the way Kellen routinely did it, especially his junior and senior year, yeah. against really, he, really he, good he, weight classes too. He didn't do it as frequently as Kellen did, right? Joe, no. Joey came up a little bit short quite a few times. So when you're talking about that characteristic, it, it's got to lean towards uh, Kellen big time. And so... I feel the same way as you do. Joey's really good. Skill-wise, he's going to be underrated. Um, but I don't think he gets over the hump against Kellen. No way. And, you know, I, th- I think on on top, I think Kellen would present him some problems from a riding time perspective. Remember, Joey didn't go under Bryce Meredith uh, in the NCAA semis. And I th- I think that would be be problematic for, for Joey. I think Kellen probably wouldn't turn him, but I think he could ride him. He'd get the wrist do the Blair ride uh ride him out potentially and if not then it'd be I think he'd have a really hard time taking him taking Kellen down are you yelling at anyone 
Someone said Ben's not a good wrestler <laughs> on Facebook. Ben, you got you got to ignore you got to ignore these idiots. <laughs> Why are you yelling at someone that says Ben Askren's not good at wrestling? I don't know. It pissed me off. <laughs> they're they're too dumb to yell at. They they're won't be able dumb. to read your they're response if they think that. They yeah. won't even know what you're saying, Bracky. <laughs> All right, so we have Kellen over. It was McKenna. it was close on on Twitter. Fifty three percent for Kellen Russell. So so Ben chose the wrestlers wow. for the most part here. Are we missing some? Are we missing <laughs> some guys here? Well, the pro- the problem, like we talked about yesterday, is you pick one guy for one weight class, right? So for example, Zane was a one forty one. He moved up. I considered throwing Mitchell Port in here somewhere. Um, but I decided against that. I also considered throwing Devin Carter in here, but I decided against that. I don't think there's anywhere else to throw in here um, that that we didn't get. Port Meredith and Port McKenna are wild matches. I, I may take yeah. Mitchell in, in either of those. But. Yeah, I mean, so hold on. Let me just, so uh, Molinaro wrestled a year at 41, but ended up 49. Ashnault wrestled at 41, but ended up 49. Um, so you have you have this thing where a bunch of guys ended up at higher weight classes, and yeah, got and you had Logan won multiple years. I'm just I'm just saying there's not many NCAA yeah. champions in this decade. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when so we we you know we're only on the third weight class. But it's really funny when you look at some of these weight classes because on some of them you're like oh you know like 165 you're like oh my god it goes Dake Taylor Burroughs Deeringer Joseph Makai Lewis Andrew Howe Tyler Caldwell and you're like oh, oh my, my god, gosh <laughs> that's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> I think seriously. Um, um, holy cow! Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's literally crazy. But the other thing is when you have guys who had multiple year dominances, like Zane at one forty nine or Logan at one forty one. Generally, uh, you know, so in this right in this top three, we have Logan There's, won two titles here. Kellen won two titles. Yanni won two titles. Dean won two titles. So that's yeah. that's eight of the ten years right there of champions. Yep. That's it. That, so that's why it happened. So they had four two-time champs yeah. in this in this battle. So we've all got Kellen over yeah. McKenna. All right, next up. Yeah. Ne- next up, three seed, 2019, Yanni Mahals of Cornell against 2012, uh, number six seed, Montel Marion of Iowa. I was thinking how awesome this was going to be. This would be so – this, this, this would be – Yanni's going to win. It's going <laughs> overtime, though, for sure. Going to overtime, going to be a crazy match. Montel Marion is not going to get tired. He might give up the first takedown. Ah, man, I'm telling you, if y'all didn't watch Montel Marion, this guy— That's on you, first of all. That's on you, because the internet <laughs> existed then. But, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more people's people that know kind of like the last three years. This guy was outstanding. His uh, 2011 run was really good. Which year did we go with for Montel? 2012. He was good in 12, 12. too. Two-time NCAA finalist. Two-time finalist. He, he lost in the finals both 11 and 12, I he was He was 2-4-2 two, two, or 2 uh, – or two, yeah, 2-4-2. Two, because two. Yeah. in 10, he lost to Dake. In 11, he got fourth. But this was the year when he was wrestling Kellen yep. Russell, and he kind of probably maybe definitely took down Kellen Russell in overtime, and they <laughs> didn't call it, which uh, that would have had a big impact on this whole discussion if he beats Kellen Russell. Yeah. And then he got fourth because he lost a t- uh, no Michael Thorne. Yes, I, I get my Thorne brothers mixed yeah. up. That's how you know you're getting old. Okay, and this on this one, Tom Brands lost a team point because they started in overtime 
and Thornton got kind of like a running start and was like basically in on the leg by the time the whistle blew, and they didn't caution it, and he just took down Montel in like immediately into sudden victory or into a restart, and Coach Brands was uh, upset that the the Angel didn't like get in the middle there between them, which they are supposed to do. So mm-hmm. he got fourth there, but you know what? That's that's just how it be sometimes. But the point is, Montel Marion, hard pace, great single leg, really good go behinds, tough positionally, cat quick. Uh, if this would have been a crazy match, it would have been close. Yanni's not. Yanni doesn't blow out a lot of like amazing wrestlers in folk style. This would have been a one takedown match, two takedown match with riding time type of situation. But at the end of the day, it's Yanni that finds the way to get his hand raised in these matches. And it was Montel who was just not able to quite get it done uh, as great as he was. Skill for skill, it's just, again, that winning quality that Yanni has why I believe he would win. But y'all need to know this would have been a thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Totally, you nailed it. I'll, I'll let you so go first next time. Twitter um, Twitter said 91% in favor of Yanni, which that is just too much. It's too, re- recency bias. Yeah. It's recency bias, but at the same time, at the same time, I was just thinking about this. 91, it sounds crazy because, like, the probability of Yanni winning is probably, like, hey. six, 65, 35. But that doesn't mean you should uh, – that doesn't mean you should choose Montel, right? This the right answer yeah. is to choose Yanni. Yeah. So I think most people just like maybe they maybe we give them a little bit of, bit of doubt. We all said it, so um, true. We're we're a hundred percent zero. We're we're a hundred percent. We're we're, we're, we're more, winner. Yeah. So there you go. Ninety one. okay. Next one. All right. Your four and five seed. Twenty seventeen. Dean Heil of Oklahoma State versus your five seed. Twenty thirteen. Kendrick Maple of Oklahoma. So a little bedlam. This one's interesting. This one is interesting. Yeah. I, I, like I was thinking com- I was going to uh, Yeah, go. I was going to Maple on this one. You know, people forget how good Maple was this one year. It's kind of like uh Cody Brewer a little bit where he, he wasn't as good the other years. I know as a freshman he was uh cutting Damn all the way down to 33 and he did not place and that was a true freshman. And then as a senior he went up to 149 and I remember there were some I don't remember what the exact issue was, but there were some medical issues where he wasn't quite as good. And and then, you know, he did have some success at the senior level at 61 kg. But this year, 2013, he was so good. And I just feel like he finds a way to get it done over Dean Heil. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Kendrick was really good. Uh, he was so hard to score on. Let's look at this bracket. That's the bracket we were going to go into this year. So he takes out. Um, he started as a two seed. His path was actually great, uh, not that difficult because it kind of blew up a little bit. He had uh, Joey Laser, but kind of before Laser really came into his own. Then Mark Balweg, yep. who was hurt that year, but he wouldn't have beaten Kendrick Maple healthy anyways. Then Oogie out of the six seed because oh Mangrum, my god, I forgot about Oogie. Oogie was a beast for the Citadel. He was Mongolian. Really tough guy. but So Maple beats him 4-0 and then 4-3 over Port in a match that wasn't actually all that close. Port was a surprise semifinalist because Hunter Stieber had beaten him routinely that year. Uh, had multiple wins over Mitchell yes. Port, I think, that season. And then Hunter was off this match, because he, or this tournament, because he, I was a huge Hunter Stieber fan. 
As oh, yeah. uh, maybe you're you're <laughs> you're slowly learning how I kind of uh, view these guys. I, I think Hunter is one of one of the better guys, not win a title, and, and injuries certainly played a role in that. I think 2014 he was maybe the best 49, but he was not wrestling. So, but he lost a he almost lost to Rick Durzo, a mm-hmm. Franklin and Marshall in the quarters. He kept giving yep. up like a slide by or that something. Was a- it was weird. That was an he, awesome match. And honestly, I feel like remembering that match, Durzo might should have won that. Like there was maybe a crazy call or yeah. something. I uh, I don't remember exactly, but something like that. And then so Port was a somewhat surprised finalist and Maple beat him. Maple was so hard to score. I just think – and he was really, really tough from top. I don't I, – I think Heil would have had a hard time getting in, even though Heil was obviously supremely good. Uh yeah, I've got Dean very got, tough to score on too. Dean tough to score on. Yeah, especially these years. Yes. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, Dean was was outstanding. I've so that's my pick. I got Kendrick Maple. Who do the people mm, have? The people have Dean Heil, fifty five percent. I would have guessed that. I would have guessed that. Um, man, I lean Maple. T- I'm gonna take Maple too. So we outruled the people. We the did. people are not going to wow. be happy with us. <laughs> the people were nope. pissed about the 33 <laughs> ones because they're like, so does our vote not even matter? And I was like, well, it's one vote, but then the FRO crew each has a vote. I'm sorry. This is a democracy where all of the people equal one vote and three people equal 75% of it. It's very fair. Okay. Any more? There's one more, right? No, no. That, that's all that four. Was it. So, that was it. So that, give us – just tell people what the semis are going to be, and you're going to so, put out that poll. Yeah, the semis will be Logan Steber against Kendrick Maple and Yanni that against Kellen Russell. That match didn't. Okay. I see where this is going. I see what it's heading towards. Me too. And I love it already. Uh, but we'll have to wait till the <laughs> Wednesday show before we get to that one. All right. <clears throat> Let's whittle it down. 133. The semis are set. Let's set those finals. Yeah, it was 2010. Jason Ness of Minnesota against 2015. Cody Brewer of Oklahoma in the first oh one. Oh my gosh. I, I was guys. I've been thinking about this while I've been while I've been cutting wood, splitting wood, <laughs> cleaning up wood. <laughs> Cody Brewer. Three out of four years is not going to beat Jason Ness, but Cody Brewer 2015 in March is going to beat Jason Ness. Final answer. Ben, I'm 100% with you. That guy, that guy beat him that weekend. He would have beaten him. Line up, Jason. <laughs> it would have happened. I don't know what happened to Cody Brewer, but in that weekend, he was just out of his mind, dominating yeah. everyone, including a, a eventual national champion in Corey Clark. Uh, the one C, Nick Dardanes, he just majored him. We talked about his path yesterday. It was. I don't even know why. Oh, I guess because we were talking about 33 yesterday. I, yep, yep. He just does it. I just think, you know what? Better career, Jason Ness, NCAA champion, Hodge Trophy, all that. All that true. But that dude, Cody Brewer, from 2015, yes. <laughs> he wins the match. I just I can't say yeah. anything else. I thought I was going to be on an island picking Cody Brewer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured you guys would go Ness. No. Uh, so, yeah. I'm oh, no. taking Brewer too. Oh, no. What did the people say? They said Jason Ness, 61%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're vetoed again, people. Oh, my gosh. Don't, But don't let this lose your spirit and yourself for having your voice be heard. It does count as a vote. It's just got to be a little bit closer. It came down to a tiebreaker last time, so your vote actually really did have an impact there. You are changing the future. 
Um, and then on the other side, it was 2011 Jordan Oliver of Oklahoma State and 2018 Seth Gross when he was at SDSU. Oh, boy. Um, I actually have no issues here. I've got Jordan Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's probably the way it's going to go, huh? You don't have to do it. I know <laughs> I know you maybe signed something that said you have to pick Seth Gross in anything <laughs> that he enters from now till he um, doesn't reside in Yeah, I, I, I don't think Seth can beat him. I think that version of J.O. was too good. Um, although, you know, I do have – it's one of those things where it's kind of – okay, here, here's, here's the only thing I'm thinking. It's kind of like David Taylor and Kyle Dake. Like, if you line them up against the same people – Gake's gonna beat him like three zero four zero, and and David's gonna beat him twenty two to seven. And so I feel the same way with uh, Jordan Oliver. It's like okay, he's gonna kill most people, but then he's gonna have that match against Ramos, or he's gonna have that match against Steber, which those are those are both the year after where he lost two matches at this weight class. And so ruling out the possibility of Seth Gross having a chance is kind of I feel like it's a little bit disingenuous. That being said, I I'm going to pick Oliver, but I don't think it. I think it's really highly competitive. I just think about the matchup. Uh, I think I think it's a tough matchup for Seth Gross. That's kind of how I I view yeah. it. I think Jo would would find his way to a couple takedowns. I think he would ride Seth, even as great as Seth was this year. I think there's a chance that Jordan could hold him down. I don't. I mean, what's the track record for? Jordan Oliver getting turned in college wrestling. Maybe his freshman year yeah, it happened none. at NCAAs. I mean, yeah, Franklin Gomez beat the tar out of him that that year in, yeah. at NCAAs. But other than that, those were his only two losses at NCAAs, and he had other close losses. And then from then on, I don't remember him ever getting turned. So, yeah. or, or ridden. I mean, when was he ridden? Almost never. Yeah, like didn't happen. So... And he wrestled some good. I mean, he wrestled Logan Steber. Logan, yeah, he's, yeah. Say, Seth Gross was really good on top. Logan Steber is probably a, a rung above as a top wrestler. As scary as Seth yeah. is, Logan was better on top. And yeah, he he got away from him multiple times. And the year he lost to Logan was takedowns. So yes, I I yeah, I, I, I don't. I think it's just a bad matchup. I think that's why Jordan wins. Bad matchup. Yes. Agreed. But because mainly because Jordan is a bad matchup for almost anyone also. That's probably worth mentioning. So the finals are set. Yeah. It's 2015 Cody Brewer against 2011 Jordan Oliver. Another bedlam. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't tip my hand of where I'm leaning. Because I I said – I'll just tease it like this. I came into this thinking J.O. may have been the best, but then in the same way, I said that Cody Brewer would have beaten Sajulayev that weekend. <laughs> so you'll just have to find out next Tuesday. Have to find out next Tuesday where You're I lean on this. You're picking Oliver. One. You're picking you Oliver. You don't know that. I might not. I might not. <laughs> okay. Now, the final countdown. Our first virtual finals, starting at 125 pounds. We've got Anthony Robles. 2011 NCAA champion against Spencer Lee, the 2019 version. Although I don't – before we get into it, 2018 Spencer versus 2019 Spencer, is there one that was better or worse? I mean, they both had losses. Yeah. They both had dominant NCAA tournaments. I would say in many ways his freshman NCAA (laughs) tournament was more impressive to me. 
He Top pinned. Field. He pinned yeah. Pitch and Nato, and then beat a. Uh, I'll say a better opponent in the finals than Nick Suriano. You can take 2018 if you want. He was had one less loss, one less win than 2019, and his bonus percentage was two two points higher in 2018. So if you really want 2018, take him. I think he was better in 2018. Um, I mean, 2020 is the best version, but that's out, that's outside the window of uh, competition. Yeah, I th- I think we're basically talking about the same guy. It regardless. Yeah. This is this is as tough as it gets. This, this may be. I don't know if we're going to have a more difficult final matchup here, because what yeah. Robles was able to do in 2011 was uh, was unbelievable, and it just it just looked like you could line up any 25 pounder that ever lived, and he was going to turn them. And then there's Spencer Lee, who was on a trajectory unlike any 25 pounder has ever been on, where he was on on pace to be a four time champion. He was almost guaranteed to win it this year. Yeah, I'll let you start it. Yeah, I, so, I think this is fascinating because they, they essentially have the same strengths and the same weaknesses, uh, meaning that sometimes they get ridden, right? That's the Spencer's one, and they get ridden generally because they get tired. That That's both of them. Um, and so whoever gets the first takedown in this match is very, very, very likely to win because I think whoever gets the first takedown is going to stay on top for quite a long while. Um, and the interesting thing about the other interesting thing about this matchup is it's hard to equate it to anything because it's not like anyone wrestles like Spencer. It's not like anyone really wrestles like Anthony. So it's like, you can't say, well, Spencer looked this way against this guy. So I, that's why I think he's going to be Anthony. Um, I think it's going to be Spencer. I think he has more options, but at the same time, I'm not surprised if it's Anthony. So I'm going to go Spencer Lee. Who's more likely to get a turn in that match? I think both of them can can um, base out pretty well. Like I don't, I don't, th- I actually don't think there's a turn in this match because I think they're both strong enough to keep their arm away. I mean, that's one of the things that Spencer is. People don't because he just doesn't look like it. Spencer is ungodly strong. Like it's unreasonable the things he does. You know, when you really know wrestling, it's like he's not doing anything all that tricky. It's not. It's not a timing issue. He is just so effing strong. He pulls people's wrists in, and there's just not a damn thing they can do about it. Um, I think there's so a I clear. Think, I think there's a clear answer of who would get the turn. If one of them gets a turn, it's Anthony Robles. You, I, absolutely. Spencer's I mean, so good on top. You're, are you saying Spencer can't turn Anthony? Um, I'm saying it's unlikely. Uh, I, th- I think it's just more likely that Robles would get a turn here. But Pat Glory turned Spencer Lee. Again, but that's once Spencer got really tired, and that that's that's his weakness. And we know people don't want to admit that's his weakness, but that absolutely is. But the problem is with this matchup is that's Anthony's weakness also. I think you have two of the it's two transcendent tilters. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I could really see. <laughs> I've gone back and forth in this a thousand times. What I think. Um, what I think Spencer brings, and I think the first takedown thing, and what we've been, we've been talking about with Spencer, the greatest first period wrestler of all time. And yes. what I saw him do, and, and remember, guys that could punish Robles from short offense, front headlock stuff, would give him problems, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's like Spencer's bread and butter. 
And we we saw him. I mean, he's. I'm watching Pat Glory tilt Spencer Lee right now. For the record, he just tilts him. <laughs> it's it, it. By the way, it's the second period. Ben, it's the second period. He's got. I, well, I, yeah, it's past the first period. He's tired. Okay. <laughs> I'm. Just, I, I think, man. Um, I don't know, man. I I cannot make up my freaking mind here. But when I saw Spencer just pick up NATO from short office and throw him by and put him down at senior nationals. I was like, oh, this, was awesome. there's just something like so different about what this guy can do when when it matters most. And so I think he gets the first takedown. You think he could just pick up Anthony Robles and slam him like that? I think he's got that. I think he's got that different game changing ability about him that no one else really does that we've seen. I think it's two super freaks in in that way that their yeah. bodies can just do special yeah. stuff. So I think he does get the first takedown on Robles and maybe rides him out. I don't know if you. I don't know. How's if he, he take him down? Short, short offense. Maybe he throws him by. Maybe gets. He's really quick. Maybe he gets to like that over under. Um, I don't know if he ends up on a leg because sometimes he'll like reattack from there. But something with short offense. I see him running by first takedown ride out. Robles goes top in the second. I, I would guess or at some point. I think oh, that's where oh we're going nowhere. You're going nomad style I'm going right now. Nomad. It's 2-0, about one one forty-eight arriving time for Spencer. Okay? Then Robles gets up, he looks at his corner, he sees Sean Charles, he sees Ben Askren. Well, they got four no, thumbs. It'd, it'd be it'd be Brian Smith. No, it's you. It's you <laughs> in this fantasy, Ben. It's you. You are his coach. Okay? You both there's yes. four collected thumbs from the corner. Even the trainer, two thumbs up. <clears throat> hey, and, uh, you guys know what the best one was though? Jake Patricell. You just made me think of it. He did this? You guys remember that? I remember Jake Patricell. Oh, my Patricel. God. You guys don't remember this? I don't I re- remember how he chose top. I he remember like this. He went, I, re- I, I remember how he, he tilted. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was the greatest thing ever. We always joked about it. He would walk around and they would go. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Patricell, he would like – he, was, he just had this an amazing tilt. He wrestled for Purdue. Yes. He would just come out. He'd just get your wrist from neutral and just try to hang on and not get taken down or maybe get a takedown. Just get to the second period because he wasn't very good on his feet. And then apparently he would and do this. And then he would do this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, challenge. NCAA wrestlers. Someone bring that back. Who should we have bring that back next year? Who's really good on top coming Spencer. back next year? Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, if you start doing Darn this, that would be awesome. Oh, I think Darmstadt. I don't think Spencer would get in on the gimmick, but I think I think Ben Darmstadt maybe would. Ben, uh, do it. And these are these are two of your uh, two of your biggest fans here. Ben Asker and Christian Piles are in members of the <laughs> Darmy Army. These are your fathers. Yeah, we're both his, his fathers, <laughs> but not in that way. Uh, I don't know what happens. I'm breaking mentally. You just had a whole visual a whole going thing. into like the third period. <laughs> All right, he and now gets, you yeah, watch it. the second period. What happened? What he, happened takes, he takes top. Anthony takes top? Anthony takes okay. top. What happens? And Spencer bellies out like crazy. And his chin cup ends up over his mouth. And it's really bad. And I'm really worried. And then uh, Robles almost gets a tilt. He's like... Doing the cartwheel thing, he's on his head, and Spencer somehow yep. bellies out, and the period ends with um, 48 seconds of riding time in Spencer's favor. And then Spencer, wait, so no, he, you, no, hold, hold on, hold on, Christian, you said a minute 48 going oh, into the yeah. second period, and 12 then you got to rest. So, 12 seconds for Robles. I'm not good at math. Okay, I've never claimed to be. 
And then I'll say... Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's no stall warnings there? There's got to be stall warnings, bro. All right, one warning. We'll say one warning. That's it? He bellied out for two minutes. There's only one warning? Yeah. Um, okay. He, he, was hustle, he was hustling under there. And then uh, third, <laughs> third period... Third period, they go. Spencer goes neutral. There was six collective arms doing this for in his quarter. He goes neutral. No takedown. Spencer wins. Two one, I guess. Two zero. Two zero. Oh, two one. Yeah. Um, I just want to refresh some people on how good Anthony Robles was this year, and uh, it got me thinking because I saw Kyle Dig tweet. He quote tweeted our poll and said this version of Anthony Robles was unstoppable. And it might be true. <clears throat> so he was 36 and 0, 31 bonus point wins with yeah, 24 tech so falls. Good. 24 tech falls, 3 24. falls, 4 majors. And he just messed everybody up. Like everybody yeah. in the top 10 that year except McDonough got teched by him. Sanders. No, there was uh, there was Ben Kerr and Ryan Mango were the two guys who wrestled him really close. Okay, there you go. There's three yeah. guys that wrestled him really close. But in the finals, he beat the defending national champion pretty handily. What was it, 7-1? 7-1, yeah, it wasn't really competitive. Yeah, he beat the defending national champ 7-1. Oh, boy. I just – I know that you say, like, yeah. you can score on him short offense, but everyone thought they could do that, and they couldn't. Like yeah. he would just get in there, and tie their wrist up. Yeah, he was low. He would get lower than them and fight with head position. And I can just see him getting out of the first period scoreless, and then getting his chance uh, on top. So I, man, I if if I see Robles winning, it's like he gets on top and he scores a tilt or two right away. That would be like the way I see him winning. I feel like you've relegated him to. I don't. I know you coached him, so forgive me. Yeah, I don't. I don't have this recollection of him getting tired all that often. Well, it, well, is the problem was it, it was just like Spencer? Why you don't have a recoll- Why don't you have a recollection of Spencer getting tired that often, Christian? Uh, I do. I do have that. Re- I mean, that's, that's well. You have more of a recollection if if it went. He doesn't go past the first period. Robles was the same way. He would be up so big. His senior year, he was just killing so many dudes that it just wasn't that competitive. But his junior year, he had the cardio issues more because there was more competitive matches because he hadn't yet figured out how to get that first takedown really fast. And he did have nine losses that year, and a lot of them were due to that issue. So that's why I remember it so much is because I remember that junior year where he wasn't getting the first takedown. The senior year, he was getting that first takedown like right away, almost almost all the time and getting on top. And so that's why I kind of have that different perspective. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing I was thinking about is Robles got twenty four tech falls without a four point near fall. Oh my gosh! Yeah, good point. Yeah. Oh, I mean, holy moly! So you're telling you like you're going Robles. I'm going Robles, and also I've seen someone just said this in Facebook. Someone else, a few people brought it up on Twitter, saying that Anthony only had one great season. First of all, we're only talking about one season, so that's all that matters. Yeah. And yes. uh, second of all, no, he didn't. He was a three-time All-American who was 122 and 23 in college. So what are you talking about? Sorry. Shut up. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. So Spencer Lee is our what? virtual champion. What did Twitter pick? Spencer think? probably, right? Spencer Lee, 77%. Spencer, yeah. But it did start at like 90, and I was like, dang. 
And there were like people like, why are you even asking this? Like, what? Man, they don't know. No, they don't. They don't, they don't know. know. They don't know. Anthony. They don't even know who Anthony Robles is. Sad. Okay, so now, next up, order of business, 2013 NC2A championships. This was a good one. Um, were you at this one, Ben? Uh, I was there, yeah. Okay. No! I missed <laughs> this one. This was... I missed this one and I missed New York City. Oh man, that was Seriously. New York City was awesome. Which um, I know. Were you there for Ohio? Probably. I right? was. Yeah. Okay. Watched uh, Cody Walters become a freshman All American. Yeah, he did. Okay. So before we get to 174 and Cody Walters hour, let's start at 125 <laughs> pounds. Uh, let's get there. Where? Well, first of all, let me give you the team race. Penn State won. This was a really close team race between Penn State, Oklahoma State, and Minnesota. It was touch and go there down to the semis, and even I think the placement matches determined it. I mean, Penn State won by four points over Oklahoma State. It was was that dang close. Penn State, two champs. Oklahoma State, two champs. This was really – there were a couple things that happened that Oklahoma State could have won this thing. and uh, So Mm -hmm. we'll get into those. That's what we'll do. So, 125 pounds, Alan Waters was your uh, one seed, uh, a seed he would earn in 2015 as well. Yes. He would go on to lose to Nico in tiebreakers. Crazy oh, match. Oh, boo. Tough one. Sorry, Ben. There's some, some rough memories yeah. here for the Tiger fans. This. Oh, my gosh. The bracket says Mike McDonough. The National, <laughs> National Wrestling Hall. What? Fan. Yeah, I swear. Oh, like, my goodness. Look at Nico. It says niche. 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 Megaludis. All right. They did their best. Okay. It, these these aren't the oh official Oh, my NCAA goodness. Mike McDonough. What? <laughs> Good God. Uh, oh, and this fun. was the year Mc, McDonough was really hurt this year. Super hurt. Right? He had the yes. spine, the shoulder. Um not in all good it, shape. It was all, all all of it. He still wound up getting the three seed. He did not win Big Tens. I'm pretty sure Delgado beat him in the Big Ten yep. somethings. I think the semis. Yes. And McDonough had to get third or something. So he makes it to a scrappy. Oh, my gosh. They totally messed this up. Look at the bracket. What? It says. Oh, nah, nah, Sean. Well, that's how it's spelled. But oh, look. But it Jared Jordan Cornette. Is- they totally messed his what? bracket up. In the hell? They have Eric Montoya versus now. And Eric Montoya is from Campbell. Is what that happened? true? Eric Montoya did go to Campbell. People forget. He was a Campbell Camel before he was a throat slashing okay. Husker. Um, I don't then, know what happened here. Out of, then, out of Jared, Nashton Garnett and Eric Montoya, Jared Garnett is the winner. Figure that one out. But then, <laughs> well, how about the winner of Matt McDonough, Draw Garnett was well, Nashon Garrett. <laughs> they totally effed this up. All right, oh they just God. got confused. They got Nashon and Gerard Gar- Garrett and Garnett mixed up. But Nashon beat McDonough, <laughs> Mike McDonough, <laughs> in the quarters. It was crazy. So McDonough was leading, and then. Uh, Nashon rode him out to force overtime, I'm pretty yes. sure. And then, mm-hmm. oh, sudden victory, Nashon double-legs him and takes him out and sends McDonough to the round of 12. M- massive, massive upset there. In a match, it was, it was winnable there for McDonough. You know, he had the lead but couldn't quite get it done. But the craziest quarterfinal was 
Do you remember this Nathan Kreiser? Jesse Delgado was dead to rights against Nathan Kreiser. Kreiser was up so big late. He was up like four points super late. And Delgado... I'm pretty sure he reversed him and got back points, right? Yes. Yes. Wait, Delgado reversed him and got back points? I'm pretty sure. Because Kreiser definitely got uh, like multiple turns. Yeah, I'm talking to win it. And then to win it, Delgado either went like got away and got a takedown and a turn, or he definitely transitioned from a two-point score into a a turn to win this match late when Kreiser all but had it. I hope this match is online because it was totally insane. Delgado was this close to losing in the quarters to Kreiser, and he just like pulled it out, found a way to get it done, and then he beats Garrett really soundly there, 10-5. to He kind of had Garrett's number there. He might have turned him, but this this really puts in perspective how good – Jesse Delgado was. And then he beats Nico 7-4 in the final. Niche, niche Megaludis <laughs> in a, uh, a match that had like some wild scrambles and he ends up catching him on his back in a cradle that wasn't really a cradle. Do you remember this, Ben? It was Nico, from like a leg pass, wasn't it? So Nico was so flexible that his like knee is like right here. And so he didn't even have it around, like, the head. It was, like, around the body, and the leg was, like, pinned up, and he just, like, held him like that. And because it was, like, Nico's flexibility cradled himself, but he didn't have to be around in the typical cradle position. It was a, a really weird scenario. I'm looking it up right now so I can so – I'm very – Yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm really impressed with memories, like – when you guys are calling all these matches, like, I vaguely remember this stuff and, and everyone – feels like you guys have this like memory of every single match. I'm thinking like how would the these guys remember every single match that's going on? Well, I remember this um uh, yeah, I wasn't calling this. I wasn't even working for Flow at this point in time. I was just uh watching. I yeah, I don't know. The my memory's going though. I already feel it. My I'm I'm forgetting more <laughs> things. I'm forgetting more and more things every day, but I do remember this. Uh and yeah, so Del- Delgado becomes a champ, and uh, but people forget that crazy, crazy quarter. And then McDonough lost to Trent Sprinkle in the round of twelve. Unbelievable! McDonough was done, bro. Unthinkable! Yeah, he, he An was... unthinkable, unthinkable end to his career. He lost in overtime to Sprinkle, who would go on to get fifth. I was a big McDonough fan, and I remember, oh, yeah. uh, you know, being there. Obviously, everyone was training against Iowa, and I was very mad. I was like, yeah. this guy. I was like, this guy is clearly hurt. He's a two-time national champ. Like he's given it all he has just to be able to wrestle, and he wouldn't even like tell anyone he was hurt. Right. Uh, and everyone was just going crazy because he lost. And I remember it made me mad. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. This was devastating. <laughs> I was like, his career shouldn't end like this. Like this is the worst. But man, this that's just Wait. the sport. So I wasn't at this NCAAs, Kyle. Why were they all cheering us? I it was in Iowa. Yeah, well, but didn't every the Iowa other... crowd fill it up. R- no, there you were there was a, obviously a lot of Iowa fans, but every other fan base cheers against them. So there's st- it's still a good majority of people. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You you'd be right there with them, Ben. Hawkeye hater, Ben. I, I always say I always say. Listen, I remember one time when Caldwell beat Metcalf. And listen, that match was awesome, but I I try not I try to stay fairly unbiased. I don't you know cheer or go nuts or anything. And um, 
I remember walking in the back and Terry Brands, like uh, he was my Olympic coach like a year prior. He like, accosted me. He's like, you liked that, didn't you, Asker? You liked that. I'm like, listen, bro, it was kind of cool, but I didn't <laughs> cheer, so leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Hey, I found – I don't know if you want to see this. I can uh, – I'll tweet the – I'm watching the, it right now also. Yeah, so you'll see he cradles him like without the – yeah, he's around the body with it. Okay, anywho – Yes, yep. this so I guess it was it was kind of a so Delgado comes through uh a single leg. It wasn't a, oh no, it was a leg pass. Yeah. Comes through right this leg, leg pass, pass right here. You got the memory too. Although, well, although, I, 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 well, I wasn't all that confident in it. And then he comes around yeah, this is crazy. I do remember this. He should have just went around the head and he would have had it super tight, he might have pinned him. I think at that point wow. when you have the hold, it's like Yeah, yeah. Maybe just it was. I mean, this was so close going into the third too. It was one one going into the third, yeah. no riding time, and then he hits the hits the crazy cradle. All Dang, right. that was wild, right? Yeah, okey doke. So, moving on to one hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, we will. Logan Steamer, we referenced his uh, his top ability. He had a fall in three minutes, which is at the buzzer, or he pinned him zero seconds into the second period. One of those. <laughs> uh, he goes fall in three minutes, fall in two forty, seventeen one over Cody Brewer. Yikes. Yeah, how what what happened to Cody Brewer from this year to? The, I, I guess he's no maybe idea. a freshman or a true freshman this year. No. He just got work. He still plays. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess he was a freshman. Yeah, he did place. So I was <laughs> such a huge. So okay, fantasy land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brewer was a guy I like identified early on. I was like looking up at high school because like he didn't have a ton of like redshirt results or whatever. So I was like, this guy, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he could maybe slip on the podium here at 33. So I've always, I was always like following, I feel like I followed his entire career, even kind of retroactively once I learned about him. And he was really good this year, but this was a really good year at 133. And there was like a clearly defined like, pecking order here with the top six of of um logan and ramos and graf and shop those were like a pretty clear four and then morrison everyone forgets john morrison absolutely owned cody brewer he probably was like yes six seven and one against him he never lost to him until his senior year at ncaa's when brewer freaking pinned him cradled cradled him and pinned him so Brewer got seventh this year and got eighth the next year. So he was kind of basically a, kind of a similar, really good guy, but not like super elite. And then in 2015, uh, out of control. But yeah, the top six here was pretty well defined with Morrison in fifth and Dardanes at sixth place. Um, so yeah, he so Steber texts him, then texts Shop in the semis. Like Jeez. Logan Steber was so good. This is his sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore, yeah. and he pin-teched his way to the finals. And then the – you want to talk about controversial Another NCAAs. Back-to-back -back years, Logan Steber finds himself in the middle of it. Logan comes out to a lead, and then there's an exchange, and Ramos locks up a cradle, rolls him to his back, and there's a famous picture of the official, like, holding, holding, two. holding two like this. You know, the the – the way they signal their hold, they're like point the two down right here at the map, but they don't award it. Then they go back and don't end up giving the 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 take. And they had the challenge, but they end up saying no. It would have obviously really changed the match there because he was losing. It would not. But one thing you have to remember, 
you can hate this call all you want, and I thought it should have been two near fall as mm-hmm. well. It does not win Ramos the match. No. At best, I think it would have tied it, right? I, I don't believe yeah. he would have had the lead at that point. So it's not something where it, it changes the match completely. And they go back and they have a review, and they don't they don't change it. The rumor was someone was in front of the camera that oh blocked the review, and that it might have been a coach. Oof, that, that was, was in, that, that was in Ramos's I think I think people thought it could be two and two is what they thought. Well, absolutely, but that's yes, what they were asking for. Yeah. So they gave it the was two. tied up. It was five one at that point. One. Oof, that is that's really close. So yeah, it would have been five five at that point. It would have been six five Steber with the escape. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was two back points, but like you guys are saying, there was still plenty of time a match left, and that would have only evened it. Oh, I remember. The other funny thing is they cut straight to Tom Ryan in the uh, during, during yeah, NCAAs. And the the Kent State coaches um, or Matt Hill is now the Edinburgh coach and Coach Moore are just like right behind Tom <laughs> Ryan. Hold on, I'm, I'm just gonna turn my camera around. Look at. Hold on, I'm gonna turn around. Let me go. I'm gonna go max what? screen here. Hold on. Look at look at Scott Moore or hey Scott Moore right? Dang it. Got my Moore brothers. Josh up. Moore. Josh Winter Moore. Moore. Coach Moore to me. Giving a thumbs up in the back <laughs> right here. Coach Ryan's interview. Matt Hill in the back. Um, so yeah, that was really funny. I remember that cracking me up. And then they they cut to uh, Tom Brands. They're interviewing both head coaches while this is going on. And then at one that point, the the camera's on Tom Brands, and he like runs to the yeah. stage, Man. and he tells Terry to challenge. This is the this is the craziest match ever. It's so in terms of like the antics around it, you have to go back. And oh my god! But how about Brands and Ryan were yeah, sta- they were standing right. next to each other? They're sitting yes. next to each other, and while while <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tweet. Oh my this god! Picture. This was like one of my avatars for a while. There, goes, there goes Tom. Oh my gosh! You've got it. I'm going to tweet this video right now. <laughs> Tom Ryan should have not let Tom, t- Tom Brands out of the stands. He should have blocked, yeah, blocked, blocked him. Should have locked him up. I mean, can you imagine sitting next to each other during this? Watch this. I love what. Hey, what's like so this. crazy so now great. that we have the we have the Yanni Zane five second? Like, dude, that was like thirty seconds after that they do the review. Like, yeah, it w- takes Tom Brands a while <laughs> to get to the stage. All right, I'm a. <laughs> this is my favorite picture. This was my uh, back in the day when they had uh, you had your avatar for um, for your message board. This was mine for a long time. What? Let's see. Right, look, I just tweeted it. Look at this picture, Ben. <laughs> it's a picture of Tom. Like Brandon's just listening into Tom Ryan getting interviewed, and he has the most hilarious look on his face. All right, tweeted. There we go. Damn it! I'm going. Okay, I'm going to Twitter. Jim right Andresi, the Kent State head coach, is behind Tom Ryan and Tom Brands, filming on his cell phone like this. <laughs> this is the greatest. This is the greatest NCAA final of all time. I'm declaring it just because of the things around it that are happening. There's is that Jeremy Spates having a giggle and Steve Bozak. They just sat all these hammers next to each other. All right, watch the video I just well, tweeted. Was it was it uh, Des Moines a smaller arena? So all I feel like all the coaches and athletes are packed into a smaller space than they usually are. I yeah, am, it was a small arena. I really liked it there, though. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go. Uh, but yeah, I heard it was pretty tight there. All right, that was thirteen. Steve Ramos was epic. I'm trying to see. 
Not much shenanigans. This was like one of the most well-defined pecking orders for a college weight I can remember. I remember so vividly, like everyone did their NCAA predictions, and almost everyone had the exact same top eight in the exact same order, and ended up basically happening. At least the top six for most yes. people got exactly right. Because um, yeah. through a combination um, of them all wrestling each other, does this does this year's Logan Steber? Beat the Jordan Oliver that's going to win our all-decade thing? I mean, it's possible he beat him the year before. You had to put Logan at one of the, at, yeah. you know, at 33 Not or 41. Both. And we went with 41. Maybe we could have just put him at 33 just to make it even crazier. He might but win both. He might win both. He definitely Jeez. might win both. But Logan. The, the fact that Logan lost to or beat Jordan is a pretty strong, pretty strong argument. Okay, yeah. forty-one. We kind of talked about with um, with Maple over Port, the run that yeah. he went on there. Hunter Steber was the one seed at this point, a true sophomore, uh, but fell to Port seven-six, and then wrestled back for third, pretty dominant. Uh, Zach Nybert, shout out. Virginia Tech got on the podium, uh, but not a lot, not a ton really going on here in this in this bracket. Mike Nevinger was really good uh, for Cornell, super good top wrestler. Actually beat, or no, he didn't beat. Who beat Kyle Dake in the state? Oh, Ian Paddock, but he wrestled Kyle Ooh, Dake in Ian the state Paddock. finals in New York. Ian Paddock, a Ohio State wrestler from from New York. Then we've got 149, where Jordan Oliver was your winner. My guy Steve Santos got third. Big Steve Santos <laughs> fan, as we already discussed. Um, this was the year uh, Donnie Vincent lost in round one again this year, but he did not all, all the time. Yeah, he loved he he did do that. <laughs> he did that back to back years. Out he of almost the, came back and did it of, again. Out of the exact same seed, by the way. I'm pretty sure he was the three seed. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I made that up. He won oh, Colvon Olin losing again in the quarters. A tradition unlike any Jeez. other. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cole. Brutal. And then lost in the blood round to Lupinchansky. He was oh. tough. He was a guy that went to UNC Greensboro and transferred to Purdue, I believe, and when yep. UNCG uh, dropped their dropped their program. Ness over Souflon in the round of 12 is, is juicy, and Sakaguchi took boo. out the, the boo. Sorry, Arrowhead alum. <laughs> uh, Bruschetta takes out Kevin Tao to – Give the Hokies another All-American. This was Bruschetta's sophomore year, um, the first mm-hmm. of his three All-American finishes. He was a true sophomore at that point. That's all I really remember about about this one. Oh, Ian Paddock, Donnie Vincent was a pigtail match. That's interesting. And then Dave Habit, Ian Paddock was a consolation pigtail. Holy, God. there's a lot of really good guys. Jordan in this. Oliver, David Habit, round one. Yeah, so there were a lot of really good guys <clears throat> at this bracket before they kind of really came into their own. Like Drake Howdeshelt was in this bracket. Yep. He uh, beat Alton first round. He got six. Yeah, that was a that was an upset. He was unseated, but wound up making the semis before losing to Chamberlain. Chamberlain gave Oliver his closest match. It was one slide by for Oliver that was the difference there uh, in that. NCAA final. I think it was the third period. It was a close match, but Oliver majored his way to the semi to the finals. 16-6 over Habit, an NCAA finalist. 13-3 over Valeni, an All-American. 11-3 over Souflon, an eventual All-American. And then 14-3 over Steve Santos, who got third that year before beating Chambo 
157. All right, so you want to talk about the team race things, a couple of the things. There are a lot of Daringer truthers out there that thought Daringer maybe should have had a takedown against St. John in the NCAA mm-hmm. semis. This was a really close match. St. John kind of handled as much as you could say you handled anyone handled Alex Daringer in the duel this year. Yeah. It was like a couple yeah. takedowns to like a 5-2 kind of thing. And then this I match totally, was hey, so I different. totally forgot. Who else did Daringer lose to? Because I totally forgot he was the sixth seed. In my memory, he was the three seed and lost to St. John in the semis. I didn't realize he was the sixth. Who else did he lose to that year? He That year, he lost to... Oh, he, he passed away. James, James Volrath. The 157... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the, I forgot about that. At the Southern that. Scuffle. Yeah. Uh, James Volrath mm-hmm. was... Uh, he was really good, but he was, he was not a starter for, for Penn State. But he... Either won the scuffle, but he beat Daringer at the scuffle. Yeah, that that year, the year he got third. That that was when they had they had James Volrath and Matt Brown, I think, on the bench this year. Am I remembering that correctly? Or one year that was that was at least the case. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right on that. Yeah, no, Matt Brown started that year, but at one point, Matt Brown was on the bench. So yeah, James Volrath beat Alex Daringer that year at 157. Um. But then Wild. Daringer would go on to be a three-time champion. Hey, so, how about that first-round matchup, uh, Kyle Bradley over James Green? Yeah, Bradley was really tough. Uh, I remember him. I don't think he ever he never, never all American placed, but he was he was a tough guy. So yeah, James Green with the four seed loses in round one, and then that got that created this semi was was nuts uh, because it was no one saw David Bonet unseated making making the semis there. But he beat Jed Moore in the in the quarters. Jed Moore beat James Fleming, the snapper, who we've talked about about five straight shows. Um, <laughs> the snapper. You should look up some. There's a lot of uh, content of James Fleming on Flow Wrestling. You should watch it. This dude was wild. Really, you won't you won't regret it. And then, okay, so this Alton Welch match. It says eight three. This was a crazy close match, though. It was not. It, I think Welch got these points at the end because. Alton was right there to win, or like this was a really close match, and then Welch got him at the end. Um, otherwise, you know, we could be looking at a Dylan Alton, Derek St. John NCAA finals because I think personally, whoever wins that match would have made the finals over David Bonet. So I want to go back and try to find that match because I promise you, because I was a big, I'm I was on a big, it. I was a big Dylan Alton fan. Oh, Welch is losing with a minute and 30 left in the third period. Okay, there we go. I'll give you an update of what <laughs> look, he does here. Look at my, Let me know who wins. I'm, you know I'm, what? Hey, well, I, I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but I had this bet with somebody. I don't know if they ever paid up. Uh, when Jason Welch and Scott Winston were coming out of high school, uh, that Jason Welch is going to be better. Oh, really? And I won. Yes. They were really impressed with Scott Winston, and uh, I was not. And, uh, you know. Turned out, turned out in my favor. You're right. You're right. Okay. Oh, so he catches him on his back in this scramble right here. Yep. But 30 seconds left. He's winning this scramble, and Alton obviously doesn't want to give it up because it'll it'll go. You know, it'll be the match, and he catches him to cradle and pins him. Uh, almost similar, but it ends up being an inside cradle, not an outside cradle to the Nico Jesse Delgado. Man, but the thing is, if Alton just turns down, gives up that takedown, kicks out of bounds, he gets a restart and he can get away and tie it. Yeah. Instead, yes. he kind of like overfought the scramble and uh, yep. ends up giving up near fall. So, like like I thought I remember, very close match. 
an elite score from Welch um, puts him in the semis and then the finals. So yeah, the St. John Daringer match. There, were, there was like a, I think it was a sudden victory exchange. It might have been in tiebreakers. This match went to tiebreakers, and they basically couldn't ride each other. I can't even remember exactly. I don't know if it came down to a ride out or just a riding time advantage for St. John, but it was a crazy close match for him to win this one. And Ringer was in on a sweep. It was one of those sweeps where you're chasing the backside double and St. John's mm-hmm. kicking, kicking. There's like, you could freeze frame a picture for a takedown here, but it's the ultimate, you know, reaction time. And he did not have it very long. So I did not think it was a takedown. I remember back to Nick Veliket, we had a big argument about this one too. So I was like, <laughs> that's not two. And he was sure it was two because he really liked Ringer. Um, but yeah. <laughs> And then, and then Jesse Dong didn't place again, and I was sad again. Cause I, oh, I my goodness. Jesse Dong was good. He never lost to Jed Moore ever. Jed Moore ever. never. And then he beat him 7-3 in overtime. I was like, what? Because when I saw that, I was like, all right, this is fine because um, he's got Jed Moore, and he always beats Jed Moore. So he's going to beat Jed Moore. Is Matt – what is happening right now? Who is that? We lost Merlin. Ben. I'll sign out. Matt Storniolo, <laughs> you just kicked Ben Askren off the show. <laughs> Storniolo just bumped Askren. We got our VMix links all mixed up. He's coming to brag about the Jason Welch win over Dylan Alton. Ben, are you there? I'm back. Hey, Storniolo just kicked you off. Someone kicked me off. It, it, was, Matt, it was Matt Storniolo. Might have been the Russians. Might have been the Chinese. No. We don't know. What did Storniolo say? He was hopping on. He's like, hey, I'm hopping on early. But I guess he has the same V-Mix number as you, so he can just oh. cut you off. So you start talking greasy about Northwestern, he's going to kick you <laughs> off. It's a good thing. I think I, I think I was talking positively about Jason You were. Wells. You were, but I'm just saying, now you've been warned. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, so Storio came on and started talking? He's like, hey, I'm checking in early. <laughs> I was like, hey, you're on the show. He's coming on with Bader at the top of the hour. Oh my God! That's so, not Tony Olds. Stop being ahead of time. That's not his fault. What a, what a Northwestern move to be like early for your show. Love it, guys. We, we have five weight classes and we only have nine minutes. We're not going to get any questions. We got to start hustling. You know, right, hey, we, uh, when I was with Rudis, one thing we need to do this piles. We got to start going backwards because we give the one twenty fives way too much time. Mm. Right, because you front end load it, and then then you uh, rush to the back end, guys. Big guys need some respect too. All right, here we go. The, how about these big guys? Kyle Dake versus David Taylor in the NC2A finals. Um, yeah, Dake once again entered the NCAA finals with no points scored on him. Do you remember when everyone was kind of freaking out in round one with his Mark Martin match? Yes, and and it then, was like one zero going into the third period it, or something like it that. It really was. It was a total. Um, who knows why he did that? I don't know. Dake just would – he was probably yeah. like, I don't know. He's not going to score on me. What's it matter? He can't get away. No one can score points <laughs> on him. So it doesn't matter. It, may, it could be 1-0 or 10-0. It doesn't really matter because if you can't score on him, it makes no difference. Meanwhile, David Taylor – so so this is, the, this is the ultimate contrast. If you ever want a sense of why the David Taylor-Kyle Dake thing always was on people's mind, here's how Kyle Dake made it to the finals. 3-0 in round one over unseated Mark Martin, 11-0 over Ryan uh, LeBlanc, 13-0 over Nick Salzer, 2-0 over Tyler Caldwell. So he had two decisions in there. David Taylor goes first period pin, first period pin, 24-second pin, and then three minutes and 25-second pin over Pete Yates of Virginia Tech. Okay, Seriously. So he pinned his way to the finals. He's on fire. Then... 
whistle blows. David comes out first twenty seconds, ankle pick, <clears throat> takedown, and then it's like out of bounds. And Dake uh, or Taylor gives this like, whoom, shoves him kind of out of bounds, hustles back to center. But then Dake just daked it up, gets a takedown and a ride out, big ride out at the end of the first. Mm-hmm. I want to say, and then yes. that was uh, then it was really tough for, and then Taylor chose bottom, and they yeah. talk about this a lot in the My Best Rival how like. Every, David Taylor reversed everyone. Everyone would try to ride him, and he would just wait. Guys, he would get guys to throw a leg in, or he would do well, something. He, he did this leg slip trick. I, I actually bring him up a lot. You know what he would do, Christian? He would actually reach back and put the leg in. Yes. It was so tricky. It was awesome. He was he was a trickster. He had all these. Yes. He had so many little little tricks he would do to people. Sometimes he would trick the ref that he had given up the wrist on a tilt, and he would go it again. He did that in the scuffle finals. Against Cody, <laughs> against Cody Yawn. That was really funny. I remember, I think Fretwell was on the call and he was losing his mind because he thought it was funny too. Uh, <laughs> so, but that takedown and ride out and ultimately Dake's top wrestling was the was the difference. And they, at the end, it was 5-3 actually at the end. And they gave a, a stall point to Taylor kind of in the last 10, Bogus. 15 seconds. It was yeah. kind of a bad stall point yeah. that um, if it was if it was 5-4 at that point in time, they never would have given it to Taylor. But I think they just wanted to, I don't know, give a stall point. So they did. Uh, but Dake The one thing wins. I remember about this match is Dake just Matt returned him so many times. Yeah. He just stood. Didn't he? Like, Wasn't it like a bunch? He Matt returned him a bunch. He just stayed right behind his hips. And, and it was a lot of Taylor. And they talk about this. Like, he just kind of waiting. My best rival, um, Dake talks about how he put a short leg in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, maybe the most talked about anticipated and safe final of all time. Cause this started at American university at the all-star classic yep. in a tiebreaker match or a really close <laughs> match at, yep. at the, in the all-star to start the year off. And then that's when we found out Dake is staying at 65 this whole year. We thought he was just for the all-star. No, he's like, he, I'm staying up at 65. So then. Cornell and Penn State go to the scuffle, and they hit the scuffle. And this was a really controversial controversial yep. match, too, because of the standing reversal, which when I saw it in real time, I was like, no, that's not two. And then I watched it again, I was like, oh, my gosh. That's actually, I guess that's the rule. That's a two. Yeah, two as soon as he's around behind him, it's a reversal. I know, uh, but I didn't, I didn't want to hear it. Cause yeah, because you're a David Taylor. <laughs> you were a David Taylor fan. <laughs> I was Taylor at that uh, at that you point. You were Taylor time. gang. Taylor gang, and then I died because he lost every time. I'll never forget. Really- that morning of the scuffle finals, Kyle Digg tweeted, in my mind, I've already won. Really? Yeah. I remember we were like freaking, because we were there with Ohio, and we were like, oh my God, did you see what Digg tweeted? <laughs> Find that tweet. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, uh, Nomad's really good at, go on advanced Twitter. Yeah. We'll retweet that. Um, and he did win. And, he, and then, because I think... Taylor either got a takedown in a long ride, or no, he reversed him in the scuffle and then rode him for a bit. If I'm remembering right. correctly, in my mind, I've already won. January second, 2013. How did you guys find that that fast? Because I knew what to search. We knew what to search. How do you search that? I need, ser- I need those tricks. Search his handle and then like whatever phrase is in the tweet. Yeah. You and typed I'm- that all in the search bar? I just did. I think I did at Kyle Dake. My mind, mind. Yeah. At Kyle Dake four 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 mind, yeah, wow. that's, that's yeah. a yeah. ballsy tweet. Um, <laughs> retweet it so that people get see the bump. Kyle Bracky just retweeted it. Um, dang, talk about! I wish we saw that. 
you know, it's, it's funny how different social media is now. Like that would be a, we would all have remembered that. So yeah. And then at the end, it ends with Dake, I think just holding on to a single leg mm-hmm. in the scuffle finals and Taylor yeah. just could not pry himself out. It was a, it was a, a crazy match. And then all three of their matches were pretty wild for different reasons. The NCAA finals was, was I think the only takedown that he got. Oh, okay, that was 65. Oh, my gosh. We, we're actually going slower than we were before. Um, <laughs> well, that was like one of the greatest matches, so I knew that was going to take a while. Yeah. But, jeez, Louise. All right, let's, let's – uh, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. Um, yeah, G- Caleb or Tyler, what's what's the situation? How much – We only get like two extra minutes. Yeah, What what is it, Caleb and Tyler? We got five minutes. I think we can do some From stuff. From now. I oh, my get, gosh. We don't need to get much into the Chris Perry. Um, that you want to talk about playing it close. Chris Perry went 5-4 in round one. 4-0 <laughs> over Fousey. 3-2 tiebreakers over Heflin. 4-2 overtime over Kokesh. 2-1 tiebreakers over Matt Brown. He threw in the double legs. Kind of an iconic picture. Double legs. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was almost like the Dayton fixed DeSanto. Yeah. Like, he almost had, yep. like, the, the, the choke on. And uh, Perry beats Matt Brown, really close one. Brown beats Storley. Storley beat Evans. That was like the rivalry. There was like a big you g- six. You guys noticed any other familiar names in this 174 bracket? Yeah, LJ Helbig. Hey! LJ Helbig lost a tight one to Tanner Weatherman, 6-4. Tanner Weatherman would go on to make the quarters here. No, See, LJ lost to Jordan Blanton. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. They are next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> Well, you know what? Still, <laughs> is Nick Bonacorsi Nino Bonacorsi's older brother? Father. <laughs> stop, stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be right. Yeah, they're brothers. Why would you name your kids Nick and Nino? That would be so annoying. Like you I would mean, mess it up every Ed day. Ruth, Ed and Edmund, Ruth, Edward and Edmund. <laughs> that would that that's a terrible decision too. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Gamble uh, beat Nate Brown in round one. Oh my gosh, these are those are two of my favorite people, and they they wrestled each other. Yeah, he did. Hunter Gamble had some has a kind of a body count. Yeah, Zavatsky. He, he pinned Zach Zavatsky. He beat uh, Nate Brown. Is Hunter Gamble one of the best to never place? I think it's down to him and Taylor Luhan at this point. Your call. My call. <laughs> uh, oh, so yes, yeah, freshman Cody Walters. But yeah, this was a. Uh, yeah, so 74 was not the most exciting, but it was extremely competitive. These guys couldn't score on each other, by and large. Storley and Evans always really close. Brown and Evans were close. Storley, Brown, Kokesh, Evans. Storley, Kokesh. <laughs> names, yeah. names, names, names. All, All right, six. keep going. A- 84. 84. 84. This is the one where Ed Ruth had to do math in the NCAA finals because yes. he was up casually like 5-2 or 5-1 yes. or something. And then he gets a takedown, and they're like, Hey, just get the major. And he's just like, all right, I guess I'll major Robert Hamlin now. He got like three takedowns in the final minute. Yes, and he gets yeah. three takedowns, and he gives the famous interview afterwards. They're like, get the takedown, get the takedown. I was like, I can't do math that fast. So he just <laughs> kept getting takedowns until I told him to stop. And that's how close his team race was. Ed Ruth Seriously. getting major decisions was having real impact on their, their ability to win. At 184, the tournament was not locked. Okay. Well, because we started, we started the finals at one seventy four, and so when right. when uh, Chris, I'm uh, sorry, when Chris Perry beat Matt Brown, I believe that tied it up, right? That made no, it that a put lot them up. No, that put them winning because then Penn State wins the two matches after this. Yes, because Dustin Kilgore 
uh, would fall to Quentin Wright. I don't know if we want to talk more about 84. I wasn't trying to skip that. But um, so yeah. Ru- Ruth goes 28-second fall, 342 fall, 11-1 over Enan, 4-1 over Steve Bozak, a national champion the year before, and then 12-4 over the Vermonster Robert Hamlin. The Vermonster. Yeah. Uh, and go, you got to go back and watch that one because he literally decided to get a major in the last minute of the match and got it in the NCAA finals. It was, I mean, Ed Ruth, one of the best of this generation. One of the best to ever do Seriously. it. Seriously. Really. When he was so on, good. crazy, crazy, crazy. And then Quentin Wright, it says 8-6. This match was actually not that close um, against yeah. Kilgore. He, was, he really mm-hmm. picked him apart on his feet. I mean, Wright, excuse me, so good with underhooks and stuff like throw bys, dropping down to leg attacks. Um, he he was fantastic in this match, taking out uh, former NCAA champion Dustin Kilgore, who I think redshirted the year before, because like Kilgore won in 2011, correct? Yes. Yes. And then Thanks. redshirted, I do believe, and then yep. takes out. Or falls to Quentin in the finals here. Uh, looking around here, other interesting things. I don't know what there was. We have we're like we're getting kicked off like right now. Three minutes. Three minutes, dude. Are, oh, we have three more. We have three more. I didn't yeah, know man. that. Yeah. So, oh man. Okay, so let's get to heavyweight because this was another huge, huge moment. And you know, you guys, you're learning all my favorites. Alan Gallagher, have one of my favorites ever. He's in a match against Anthony Nelson, who he had previously majored. Maybe not this season. It was not this season because the season he majored him, he tore his pec soon after that and was out for the year. That yes. was very sad. So um, so what happened was he – Matt. Go, go ahead. ahead. There you go. I was Please. just saying, is Bracky crying when Gail kind of chucked Jeremy Johnson in the semi- <laughs> second round? It was sad. <laughs> 34 <laughs> seconds. Did he just throw him and pin him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was it du- like a ra- wrap? I'm pretty sure. He would go over, under, wrap the leg. It was. He makes it look, throwing look so easy. He just so methodically would get to his tie yeah. and just like wrap around. He did the same thing to Telford at, at some point this year. He was really fun. Upper body master. And against Nelson, he's, like, kind of looking for a goal behind. And he has, like, drags. And then he, like, leaves his feet and tries to jump over. And Nelson's like, no one jumps over Tony Nelson and just takes him down and wins the match. And if Gelagayev wins that match, they, like, win NCAAs, Oklahoma State. That was, like, one of the things that could happen, and it would have swung it for them. So huge, huge result there. Gelagayev takes out Don Bradley, who was, I believe, the one seed. Yes, he was. Yep. For third, because because Bradley beat Bradley had a really good. I think he won the what? scuffle maybe over Nelson. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I, I think that's right. Missouri Tiger Ben Askren would remember that. Uh, well, I was uh, I I didn't go this year. Right now, I was back in Wisconsin. Um, I I think that's that sounds right. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent. So don't don't yell at me if I'm if I'm wrong on that one. This is the one where Bobby Telford. It was the sixth seed, and he got hurt against. I think in round one against Stolfi. Yes. He got hurt against Joe. Joe Stolfi was kind of a, a, a wild man. He had a crazy style. He was like sort of a smaller guy. He's good on top, scrambly. And he, Telford was kind of beating him up, but he got hurt, hurt his knee badly. And then 
had to default out of the tournament after this. He injury defaulted to JT Felix in round two, Bobby Telford did, and then I don't think he wrestled back his next match. Yeah, he didn't. He was just – his knee was just destroyed. So that was – that hurt Iowa big time. Uh, so, yeah, when you had Telford DMPing when he was the sixth seed, and really he was a sixth seed, but he was like kind of like with all these guys. He was like kind of sort yes. of on their tier. And then you got national champion Matt McDonough DMPing. That was pretty gutting. So while Iowa was kind of a distant fourth place, those two things, yeah, they probably – that wouldn't have overcome yeah. the – what what makes me think about this, you know, as I'm looking through these brackets that, you know, you you remember but you don't remember because how close this was is the bonus for Penn State. I mean, they have 20, 25 bonus points easily on their team. Freaking uh, Dude, that I mean, even if they have a few of these matches where they don't get pins, they're not beating Oklahoma State. No way. Not happening. Okay. Not happening. We got to go. We got to go. It's past our bedtime. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tiger King, done by next Tuesday. Yeah, you got to finish it, Ben. No excuses. You got to finish it. Oh, don't worry about me. (laughs) Don't worry about me. I'm going to knock it out. Everyone watch Tiger King. You have like four or five days, and then you could really enjoy the conversation we're going to have Tuesday because Tuesday will be Tiger King, 2014 NCAAs, and we're going to do the 133 finals, which is going to be a humdinger, and that 141 semis, and you're going to send out 49 quarters. 49 quarters as well, yeah. Boom. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Be Be safe. Be clean. See you later.